The scriptures that engage us today come from, uh, from of old and um, from Isaiah, from Matthew, and from 1 Thessalonians. And um, the, the, the hope today as we finish kind of this four step towards Christmas is to get you thinking about eternity. Um, we, we, we rip through the, the Lord's Prayer and we get to the end and we say, forever and ever, amen. And you're like, wow. And the end of the scripture text today from Ephesians 3.21 is forever and ever, amen. And I, 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 I mean, if I can hand out blankets for church today and you could just kind of cuddle with your blanket like uh, Linus on peanuts, that would rock because we, we want to just kind of slow down for... Um, 15 minutes or however long I'm going to preach today. God didn't send me a timer, so I'm just going to kind of go, and when I'm done, I'm done. But uh, the, the thing of, of eternity, and we would look at our lives as a backdrop of eternity, um, it has a way of bringing peace and leaving a sense of calm and contentment rather than making us so kind of uptight and nervous in the season of of stuff. So this is from Isaiah chapter 7, uh, beginning at verse 10. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz, ask the Lord your God for a sign, whether in the deepest depths or in the highest heights. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, I will not put the Lord to the test. Then Isaiah said, hear now you house of David, is it not enough to try the patience of humans? Will you try the patience of my God also? Therefore, The Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. He will be eating curds and honey when he knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right. For before the boy knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right, the land of the two kings you dread will be laid waste. The Lord will bring on you and on your people and on your house of your father a time unlike any since Ephraim broke away from Judah. He will bring the king of Assyria. And from 1 Thessalonians 2, beginning at verse 17 and reading through chapter 3, verse 3. But brothers and sisters, when we were orphaned by being separated from you for a short time, in person, not in thought, out of our intense longing, we made every effort to see you, for we wanted to come to you. Certainly, I, Paul, did again and again, but Satan blocked our way. For what is our hope? our joy, or the crown in which we glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ when he comes, is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory and our joy. So when we could stand it no longer, we thought it best to be left by ourselves in Athens. We sent Timothy, who is our brother and co-worker in God's service in spreading the gospel of Christ, to strengthen and encourage you in your faith so that no one would be unsettled by these trials, for you know quite well that we are destined for them. And the word of the Lord, uh, Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through uh, 25. And I love this because um, you read Luke 2, uh, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that essentially should be taken the whole, I mean, we can basically, I mean, that's the whole peanuts, you know, and there were shepherds abiding, you know, that whole thing. And... Um, And if we chose to run Christmas through Matthew chapter 1, it would be a whole different thing because that's Joseph. That's the dad. We run it through the mom's side because, I don't know, but the dad's side is cool as well because Joseph finds out that Mary's pregnant and they try to figure it out a little bit and there's not an easy answer. 
And, um, and so an angel comes down and talks to Joseph and says, Joe, it's all right. Trust me on this. It's all good with Mary. And, and when you come down, like Kelly sang earlier, the name of the baby is going to be very, very profound. This is uh, Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. This is how the birth of the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was, a, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. It's almost Christmas. A week, a week out. How are you doing with all the stuff you got to do? You got a lot of stuff to think about, stuff to do, stuff to buy, stuff you want, because it's kind of a stuff time of year, and in Orange County, we live in a stuff kind of place. Uh, we're, into, we're into stuff. Not that stuff is bad, but dealing with stuff and having lots of stuff around sometimes wears, wears us out. Matter of fact, sometimes not having enough stuff drives a sense of fear. And uh, we look and say, hey, I just don't have all the stuff I think I need, or this person isn't providing the stuff for my soul that I need, or there's just got to be some stuff that can happen that can be managed that will make me feel better about my stuff, and maybe even my stuff in comparison to somebody else's stuff. And so we think about that stuff all the time, especially as the season becomes compressed. And the lists become longer and the days become shorter to get all the stuff done. So you got stuff you got to do. I mean, we flat out do. I've got three sermons to write this week. I've got organization, thanks, presents, gifts. I've, I've some family stuff and some housing stuff to do. I've got a list of stuff I got to do, as we all do. You got stuff to do. And you look at your calendar at work and you say, okay, one, two, three, four, and then we're done. And you look at your calendar for family and you say, three, two, one, zero, boom, we're ready for Christmas. And then maybe even you have a little calendar, tick-tock, tick-tock in your soul and you say, there's some stuff I got to do just for, for me uh, to get my heart right, to get my life centered. There's just all of the stuff that has to be done. And then there's a list of stuff you got to buy. Now, Santa takes care of a lot of stuff, but there's still some stuff that you got to take care of on that as well, right? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, know what I mean, right? Uh-huh. Santa's got his list, he's checking it twice, but that doesn't take the anxiety out of the list of things you want to buy or gotta buy. And so we go to Target, and it's crazy. We go to Walmart, and it's crazy. And we go to South Coast Plaza and Main Place, and it's nuttier than crazy, and 
And for a season of joy, people get a little nervous and, and cranked up. I had a lady tailgating me on the freeway, pass me up, and I'm like, I'm going 80. I'm, uh, I mean, come on, man, just relax. And, but certainly she had stuff that was on her list, and she was on her way to South Coast Plaza, and she was going to get there before me. And I thought, I thought, I always park way away from the building because I need the steps to get to 10,000, so you can have the valet and all that stuff, but I'm going to park far away and walk. But, you know, God bless you, just don't, you know, just don't run anybody, run anybody over. Stuff you got to do, stuff you got to buy, and stuff you, stuff you want. I want Christmas to be warm. I want my family to be close together. I want the church to come together with one big voice of 5,000 people. There's just stuff on our list that we want to see happen that we maybe don't feel will happen if we don't do the right things and, and pull the right levers and pull the right trigger and, and see that stuff kind of come out the way we want it, want it to be. I had to laugh. The uh, electric ice cube maker on my refrigerator went out. And, and we bought our house on a, 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 what do you call it, where the guy walks away? Yeah, 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 short sale. Good, good, good. I have a realtor mortgage broker out there. That's good. Um, so we bought it on a short sale. So the guy just kind of walked away from the house, and then we walked in, and that's another story. But the refrigerator and the ice machine, the refrigerator never worked right. So I had Sears come out and, and look at it. Um, anyone who wants to talk to me after church about Sears would be great, because good luck. Um, <laughs> So they sold me a warranty. They put a brand new ice maker and they sold me a warranty. So I looked at the kid and I said, are you telling me the one that you put in is defective? He goes, oh no, Mr. Klinkenberg, it's going to be just fine. It's, it's going to be good. Said, well, then why should I give you another $300? You're going to walk out of here with 700 bucks. Well, if it breaks, then I'll come fix it. I said, but it's brand new. And he goes, well, it's going to get old and it's going to wear out. I'm like, oh. Right. Stuff. Stuff wears out. Stuff breaks. Stuff gets old. We get sick of looking at some of the same old stuff. And the stuff that we wanted last year is not the same stuff that we want this year. Because stuff has a way of aging, and as it ages, needs to be kind of repaired, replaced, or overhauled. And there's no warranty on a life. There's no uh, uh, co-pay for an insurance thing where somehow life takes a tragic turn and you're like, okay, I'll just invoke the warranty and get my life back together. So there's something bigger, something grander than stuff. And Paul gets to that as we look at Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21, and I'd ask you, as it comes up on the screen, if we could read that together, we should almost have this memorized. This is the scripture we've been working on for four weeks. Can we read this together, please? Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. And if you could just leave that slide right there, now that I'm done with the 10-minute introduction to my sermon, I'm going to preach on the forever and ever amen part of that. Because Christmas is a forever and ever kind of event. While the Christmas stuff wears out or is added to or is packed away in boxes, 
The forever and ever part of Christmas is never put away. We live in the forever and ever part of Christmas. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. There's that marvelous crescendo that builds in that. Forever and ever. We say that and it just kind of glances off the thing. But we are forever and ever people because our God is a forever and ever God. The promises of Christmas, of Emmanuel, of God with us, of a virgin conceiving and bearing a son, of naming his name Jesus because he will save his people from his sins. Those are not things that are packed up because they're stuffed and put in a box and stuffed away. Those are the pieces of eternity. God had been silent through the prophets for 500 years. And all of a sudden, in comes John the Baptist. All of a sudden, all this heaven coming down from earth stuff is going on. Heaven and earth collide at Christmas. Angels come to Mary. Angels come to Joseph. Angels come to shepherds. God and man come together in a little baby in a manger. And the grace of God is revealed upon mankind and the truth of God's love for humanity is revealed. Heaven comes down to earth forever and ever in Jesus Christ. I like that. The older I get, the more important it is to uh, be a, a forever and ever type person. You see, my body has got stuff going on with it. Not bad stuff, just wearing out stuff. I fell uh, after the guy came to fix the um, uh, ice, ice maker. I fell in my pond. I've got a little pond in my backyard. I'm covered in algae, matter than a wet hen or a wet preacher. Take your pick. <laughs> so I'm not as agile and nimble as I used to be, even for being such a robust man. <laughs> For those of you who weren't there and did not see my prat fall out of the pulpit on, yeah, thanks, Mercy, didn't see my prat fall out of the pulpit on Wednesday night, uh, fell from the top of the pulpit onto the floor, and the railing came out as I tripped on my boots. And I'm reminded in the stiffness and soreness of that that I'm not a forever and ever person living in a forever and ever body, but I'm a forever and ever person who's been called of God. And the stuff wears out, but the promise gets stronger. The things of life wear us out and wear us thin, but the promise of God is an eternal promise. When he says, I will be Emmanuel, God with you, that's not just in that 33-year period of his life. It's here and now. It's God with us in Christ, delivering his love and his forgiveness and his kindness from his heart to our heart, calling us to be his own and living with us grace and truth in Jesus forever and ever. And for me, that takes away fear. I don't have to fear about getting old. I don't like it, but I don't need to be afraid of it. I don't need to fear when I don't think I have enough stuff because my investment of my life as your investment as Christians in is not in stuff, but in the things that last forever. Things of faith and promise and hope in the Lord. Things of heaven 
and eternal life in God. And when we put our lives during this next week against the backdrop of eternity, of heaven coming down, I think it has a marvelous way of lightening our spirit. Of looking at the list and saying, I got a lot of stuff to do and that's okay. I'll get done what I can get done and I'll do what I can do well. But then I'm going to flick the switch. And what's done is done. And the stuff that has to wait has to wait. Because I am in the moment God's eternity broke into earth. And I'm going to find hope and peace and courage in that moment. So it is kind of a go, go, go until it's time to stop, stop, stop with the stuff, stuff, stuff. And two things I'd encourage you as, as your pastor, two things just for the, the week as you, as you figure out your own heart and your own place. One is to open your heart to eternity and forever thinking and let the stuff kind of work its way out. You're going to get the stuff done, but go back to the miraculous thing. It's okay to drive in the slow lane at 65 miles an hour and meditate a little bit on the gift of eternity and the people who you know and love, who you'll share it with. Some who are flying in to see you that maybe you haven't seen for a while, that are encouraged more by your spirit and your life and your heart than the stuff that's laying around. So I encourage you to open your heart to eternity and forever, and to just take a deep breath back from the, st- from the stuff. And secondly, open your heart to eternity and look forward. Isaiah was pushing forward 500 years. He says, it's going to be a way, it's going to be a way, but it's going to happen, just trust me. The Lord says the same thing to us as well. We're forever and ever people, meaning we are heaven-bound, heaven-sent, heaven-focused people Not in an idle way of, well, heaven on earth or all of these kind of things, or it'll just be great. But when the Lord brings the shade of this world up, He takes us to heaven with Himself. And that gift of heaven is a marvelous driver of hope in our lives. God who provided His grace, God who opened the door, God who called us heavenward in Christ, our God who can do all things immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, that God is a forever and ever God who's called you to be His own, not only in the here and now, but in the forever and ever of heaven. One little addendum today. And that is that you may be missing our bass player, Jimmy. We've got a flower up here with a, with a guitar, and Jimmy with the bandana. Jimmy who... Jimmy had a, a, a difficult life. Uh, played in a rock band and had some of the stuff going on that was part of that lifestyle, but... Over the last couple of years, he got it figured out with God, with his family, and Jimmy lived taking care of uh, Chris. Was it his mom or grandma? His mom. He cared for his mom. And um, Jimmy passed away this week. He, uh, he went to eternity, but he went peacefully with the Lord. He, had a, he was suffering from cancer. And he, you know, if you didn't know him, you wouldn't know that. He didn't say that. But uh, he also had a heart monitor, and the heart monitor kind of went off, and 
he woke up with, with the Lord Jesus. But over the course of maybe the last three to five years of his life, he found recovery. He found peace. He found a renewed relationship with the Lord Jesus. And he found out what forever and ever means as he woke up restored and renewed in the presence of God. I love that peace. And while it's sad that he's not with us and we will mourn and, and, and hurt for those who love him, um, we're reminded of the hope that there is in Christ and the hope that we have in community as we gather together around one another and encourage one another, uh, whether it's person to person or from stage to person or whatnot. Uh, really cool that he could come and be a part of, of our community here for as long as God would have him, and then God would take him home forever and ever, right? Forever and ever. So did you do your homework? Do you have that verse memorized? Can we do it? We can? Good. Okay, let's give it a roll. Don't look. Oh, all right. Okay. You guys, you're all giving it some of this. Now to him who is able to do measurably more than all we can ask or imagine, to him, oh, come on now, carry me, carry me, I swear, I always get stuck. Immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to the power, his power working in us, and in Christ Jesus, to him be the glory, oh, come on. Forever and ever. Amen. Good job, you guys. Good job.